Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 113 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and today we're reading chapter 19 of Powerless, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in touch with me, head over to jeffreadshisbook.com, right there, three ways to contact me. We'll go over those at the end of the show, but more importantly, while you're there, consider buying one of the terrible, terrible books I've written. Yeah, they stink. Anywho, uh, welcome to today's show. Uh, I, you know, last week, and for like the last, I don't know, like 10, 20 weeks, right? Uh, I've been saying I have no feedback. And the lovely Laura corrected me because I think she did text me feedback uh, recently-ish. I don't know. It's been a little while. If you can hear, I'm scroll, scroll, scrolling, back up, scroll, scroll, scroll. Okay. Uh, and she actually had some uh, feedback for one of our older episodes. Let's go back because I was talking about um, sleeping in. Okay. So that was from episode 111 when we were talking about chapter 17. Am I correct? I think I'm correct. Um, so sleeping in, how long? So the lovely Laura wrote in and she says, sleeping in, what's that? I set the alarm for two hours later than my weekday time on the weekend. She does set it early. We uh, get up like on a weekday. We're up at like 5.30 a.m. usually. And uh, so weekends, we're looking at 7.30, you know, 7.30 or 8, we're getting up. So we're still early, early. There's never like a noon that we go to bed. And in fact, like uh, Friday, I don't think I went up to bed till like 1, 1.30. And so it was late. Still got up at 7.30 though, man. You got to keep that freaking day moving. So obviously I agree with my lovely lady friend, Laura. <laughs> All right. Lunchtime. All right. So I asked, when do you eat lunch, right? So the lovely Laura says, I'm a late luncher, so the afternoon goes faster. It doesn't really, but it's a mind game I play with myself. Okay. Fair enough. I always thought the lovely, oh, actually, I don't know why the lovely Laura did it. I think she doesn't get that hungry, though, early because she eats like a, she has like a controlled snack situation going there. So I don't think she eats snacks nearly as much as me. So I'm a work-from-home kind of guy, and I'm used to just poking around the fridge and eating like a block of cheese or um, peanut butter out of a jar or something like that. You know, not that I keep peanut butter in the fridge. I'm not a psychopath. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Those are some good feedback. I just feel we haven't had that segment in a while. Uh, if you have feedback, write into the show, jeffreadsbook.com. Yes. Um, so today, uh, what do I have to say? Right now I'm sipping on some coffee before we get into the real meat of this goddamn long chapter. But uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, it's a Sunday. I did some yard work outside. I did some plumbing. So I'm feeling extra manly at the moment. You know what I mean? I'm sure both things will fail and break at some point. But what are you going to do? And I say that with the yard work because I'm trying to like prop a tree up a little high. Like it's leaning way down to the ground. So I, I tried using some twine, some uh, metal poles I have. And we're going to see how that works. My guess, not good. Hmm. <laughs> And plumbing, that sounds more impressive, I guess, than it is. But I did, in fact, attach a new, uh, what, tub spigot? Because uh, the other one, when you, you couldn't pull up the little uh, shower diverter nozzle-y thing, whatever it's called. Yeah. So I put a new one on there. Not very exciting, but uh, yeah, 
very manly today. Yes, look at me. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, today we're reading chapter 19. So this one is a long one. It's another 183 lines. God damn it, right? I'm kind of on like a time crunch here because the lovely Laura did go to visit Kitty's today. And she's going to be home. I think she makes the claim she's leaving at 2. She hasn't responded when I asked if she's leaving at 2, but we'll see. And, you know, I want to be ready to have lunch with her because it's freaking late, right? Um, anyway, uh, we're trying to squeeze this in in the meantime, right? Uh, chapter 19, so 183 lines. This one's going to be mostly talking. I think there's a meeting in it. Everybody likes when we get meetings in these books, am I right? Am I, like, popping? What the fuck? I don't like when it gives me this, like, extreme explosions of sound on the little sound meter, I guess, but whatever. This, uh, I don't know what I'm doing, if you haven't been able to tell. I mean, we're in, what, 113 episodes in? I'm still getting this shit wrong, but, eh, what are you gonna do? Uh, anyway, a lot of talking, and then we're going to get on to some relationship stuff. So if you were reading this fantasy novel for magic and excitement, I mean, I think this chapter's right up your alley. Why don't we just go ahead and dive in to chapter 19? Well, I just saved the intro to disc, and it looks like, and I'm kind of confused, but I must never have done it. I never edited and released episode 112. <laughs> How bad is that? I gotta get back in there and fix it. I've been real, like, lackluster in keeping, like, a schedule for this, so I gotta work on that. This, this, what? I mean, we only have this last book left, and there's only, like, what, 15 episodes to go tops? <laughs> I do have to work on that. Anyway, anyway, let's get to this episode right now, because that's more interesting at the moment, right? So, for today's episode, boy, am I mixing it up. I am sipping on a blueberry wine from LaBelle Vineyards in New Hampshire. Mm. So this is a dark red wine that is apparently made of fermented and aged blueberries. Aged, well, fermented blueberries, right, that are then aged for three months in a French oak barrel. Mm. Uh, my mom brought it out from New Hampshire when she came to visit uh, a month or two ago, a month ago, maybe, yeah, a little more than a month ago, I think. And um, she brought us a blueberry and a cranberry wine, thinking that, like, uh, these would be, I don't know what to say here. Um, the, these were her favorite at the vineyard. So <laughs> I have to say drinking the blueberry wine is like drinking pie filling. <laughs> very it's there's a lot of blueberry flavor but it's not altogether bad at all so mm. Mm. it's a little tart a little tart not sweet by any means but yeah you better like blueberries if you're gonna drink this you know as opposed to like when you drink grape wine or you know what everybody considers wine not as um you don't really get the grape flavor unless you're drinking like Concord. am i right ohioans huh yeah yeah anywho why don't we read this book? Yeah, so I got a nice glass of wine while we do this. I think this is going to be delightful. Mm -hmm. Henry awoke the next morning feeling completely unrested. He had stayed up late alone in his house, tried to drink, away, drink his way closer to sleep, and finally just laid in best, staring at the ceiling. <laughs> he guessed he got no more than four hours of sleep, and even those were not quality. When that, is he wearing a Fitbit? Did it tell him they weren't good? Or maybe an Apple Watch? Is that what people are doing now? I don't care. When the knocking came at his door, he groaned in frustration. 
Go away, Henry yelled at the door. McCallum, came a man's voice from the other side. I'm here to bring you before the council. Look at that, I'm doing voices, huh? Henry stared at the door for a moment, confused as to what was happening. McCallum, a call came again. Henry struggled to a sitting position. He rubbed his eyes, which were almost absent of any moisture. I hear that, Henry. I've been having that issue lately. My eyes are dry constantly, like in the morning. Am I dying? I don't know. His head strongly disagreed with the change in orientation. When the knocking came again, Henry yelled, Okay, just a moment. I need to get dressed. He quickly found pants and a shirt, pulling them on with little regard for how the final product would look. He walked to the kitchen, chugged a glass of water, and finally, do you think they have indoor plumbing? Eh, probably magic indoor plumbing. And finally, oh, if you had magic indoor plumbing, you could get like those faucets where you just tap them and the water starts, and then you tap them again, the water stops. I don't have that because um, I don't like the thought of uh, plugging my water faucet into the wall. <laughs> Unless they run on batteries, which is also horrific. If they run on like water pressure, that's cool as hell, but I, I don't think that's the case. Ah. Mm. <sighs> Opening it, he found himself face-to-face with one of the council members, Elliot. You look terrible, he said. He immediately said. Whatever, let's go, Henry said, walking past him. McCallum, you cannot go before the council in this state. We are already furious with you, Elliot said from behind him. Henry shrugged and continued walking towards the temple without looking back. He was in no mood for anything this morning. Arriving at the temple alongside Elliot, the pair stepped inside. They followed the hallway to the council chambers, where Jeff decided they should have setting, where Elliot stopped just outside the double doors. Wait here, someone will get you. You're already late, he scolded and entered the room. How can he be late? Nobody told him he had to show up here. Henry walked to a bench in the hallway and sat down heavily, dropping his elbows on his knees and his head into his hands. He wasn't exactly sure what was happening, but he guessed that it had something to do with the man tailing him last night and his not-so-polite message he had for Sir Roland. You guys remember that? When I Well, of course you don't, because I didn't release that episode. Don't! <laughs> the door creaked open, and a page leaned out. Mr. McCallum, he said. Drinking break! Mm, blueberries! I drank about half this bottle last night. It's very good. Mm. It's different. You know what I mean? And they're trying something. Got to give them that. I guess blueberries are convenient for, like, winemakers. I think they can go right through the same machine, don't you think? You're about the size of a grape. Maybe smaller, but still. Well, maybe not wine grapes. They're pretty small, too, I think. Okay. (sighs) Henry looked up, and he noticed the page looked almost surprised. They're they're ready for you, he hesitated. He said hesitantly, apparently off, caught off guard by his appearance. He's probably got a lot of bedhead, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Henry heaved himself off the bench, and his head once again protested the orientation change. He rubbed his left eye in a failed attempt to relieve the pain and followed the page inside. He had walked, I feel like when I get a headache, it's the right side usually. Eh, 
<laughs> he walked. Does that mean anything? Does that mean because I'm so creative and artistic? I don't think so. <laughs> he walked nearly halfway into the room before he saw that Margot was also standing before the council. The surprise caused him to stop momentarily in surprise. <laughs> wow, surprise spelled two different ways in the same. Oh my god, it's gonna get. Oh, it's getting better. Okay. The surprise caused him to stop momentarily in surprise, and her face revealed a combination of both surprise, probably at his general appearance, and dismay, probably at his current state. Henry tried to smile, but he knew he had failed. That was a lot of surprise. God damn, this is a bad book. When he reached the front of the room where the podium where a podium stood, ringed by the council desks. Uh, is it, wouldn't you just use one? Ah, uh, whatever. All right. Um, when he reached the front of the room where a podium stood ringed by the council desks, Henry immediate, Henry immediate, comma, turned to the right, comma, the opposite side of the aisle from Margot, comma, and sat down heavily once again. If you guys know how that sentence was supposed to be stru- structured, write into the show, jeffreadsbook.com, because I'm really at a loss here. All right, um, looking at the council for the first time, he noted that they all looked on in shock. Looking back towards Margot, she tried to mouth something to him, but he was unable to decipher it. Mr. McCallum, to the podium, Sir Roland ordered. Henry swung his head back towards Sir Roland, closed his eyes, and stood. He was disappointed to find out that closing his eyes did not improve the headache. He walked to the podium and looked up at the council members with sincere disinterest. Why are you late? Sir Roland asked with an authoritative voice. I had to put some clothes on, Henry said. One of the council members snickered, <laughs> but he didn't want to turn his head for fear of making the headache worse. I guess to see who it was, I mean... Uh, we could have maybe made that clear. Oh, God. I'm tired. I'm having a drink of blueberries. Mm. Oh, so we're still in Henry's, um, yeah, whatever. Like his, um, what do you call it? His perspective, I think. I think so. Um, would you like to recount the events of last night, Sir Roland asked? I would not like to, in fact, he replied. This response caused Sir Roland to slam his right hand down on the desk in anger. I suggest you do so immediately, he roared. Henry rubbed his right eye this time. He had thought originally that the headache was just behind the left eye, but he found that it was pretty much anywhere. I went to the surly swine with some people, Henry explained. I noted that a t- that the tail you had assigned me was seated at the bar, so I tricked him into coming outside and I confronted him. Is that what you wanted to hear? Mr. McCallum, I suggest you stop with this attitude at once, Elliot now scolded him. Henry looked at him with tired eyes but said nothing. Please sit down, McCallum, Sir Roland demanded. Miss Lafleur, we'd like to speak with you. Henry turned and lumbered back to the bench where he had originally sat. Without any grace, he managed to go from standing to slouching in a single movement. Looking back to the podium, he saw Margot staring at him with concern. Miss Lafleur, Sir Roland started. 
I'd like to say something about Henry, Margot said, turning back to the council. Miss LaFleur misspelled. <laughs> Sir, you know, how do you miss? I somehow managed to misspell the word miss. That's impressive. Sir Roland yelled, I am not interested in Mr. McCallum at this time. I have only one question. Margot looked strong standing at the podium, though Henry couldn't see her face. He guessed that there was only the cool countenance she wore so often when faced with any type of contentious situation. She was so good at hiding emotions, she, uh, he thought. Doot, 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 doot. I'm scrolling, 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 scrolling. Margot, blah, 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 blah. Where was I? Oh, okay. Miss LaFleur, Sir Roland said at a normal volume, now that proceedings seem to be more to his liking. How is it that Mr. McCallum knew that he was being tailed by us? He knew because I told him, Margot said simply. And when exactly did you tell him? Another council member asked. Henry didn't bother to look away from Margot, so he had no idea which had spoken. About two hours after Sir Roland had issued the order to have him followed. Why would you do that? Sir Roland asked, surprised. Before Margot could answer, another council member, possibly Elliot, said loudly, That order was supposed to be a secret. Ooh, a secret. Hmm. I need more blueberry wine because this stinks. I mean, all right, is this really bad? Maybe not. I guess they're just getting scolded. It's no worse than like a procedural cop drama that they have on TV, am I right? Or like, yeah. Well, I mean, it is worse, let's be honest. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Um, the room was silent for some awkward seconds before Margot spoke up. It was the right thing to do. In fact, I would say it was irresponsible to issue such an order in my presence, given my relationship with Henry. Henry was now watching with all his attention. Your actions put the safety of the entire organization at risk, another council member said in disgust. Your actions put the safety of the entire organization at risk, the another council member said in disgust. Was that more disgusting, I guess? All right. It was the right action, Margot said definitively. I think not, another said. If you think that was the right action, I would question your loyalties. Yes, another added. Who are you loyal to? The organization in the fight against the magistrates or to this? Henry looked back to the desk, see the man who had spoken, pointing towards him in disgust. He looked back at Margot, who, who had turned her head to look at him with almost apologetic eyes. That was hard to say. I'm sorry, he mouthed to her. You know what? I shouldn't read it. I'll just, I'll just mouth it. All right, I, the live studio audience, they loved that. That was great. Oh, and then she says back, me too, she mouthed back. Oh, I got to do it again. She mouthed back, huh? That was good. Enough, Sir Roland boomed. McCallum, you will no longer threaten our agents. Do you understand? When Henry didn't respond, McCallum... When Henry didn't respond, that's the end of the sentence. McCallum, he shouted, and Henry nodded. And Miss LaFleur, you will no longer be privy to the intelligence collected concerning the magistrates. You've shown, you have shown, <laughs> that's my bad, that it's, you have shown a severe lack of judgment in this situation, he said, turning back towards Margot. 
Now wait, Henry yelled and stood up. He immediately regretted the decision and grabbed the sides of his head with both hands. After a moment, he continued. Margot collected that intelligence. She brought it to you. Are you saying she can't see it? That is precisely what I'm saying, Sir Roland said. She seems to have a weak spot where you are concerned, and frankly, I don't understand it. You are both dismissed. Henry started to raise his hand in preparation to make a point, but Margot was suddenly in front of him, grabbing his forearm. I mean, this is another drinking break-ish. Drinking break. Drinking break! <laughs> I don't know if it is, though. Mmm. <clears throat> Blueberries! Mm. Okay. Do you guys like, um, Booberry? Isn't that one of the, uh, the monster cereals? Wasn't it? Am I thinking of something else? I feel like Booberry was one. They had Frankenberry too, which, I mean, doubling up on the berries seems weird. I feel like that's the least popular flavor anyway of children's cereal, but whatever, okay. Oh, you know what's good? Captain Crunch. Mmm, I could go for some of that. They had um, kid cereals on sale at the grocery store this week. It was, I really like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and I really had to fight with myself to not buy it. You know what I mean? Ooh, it's good. Let's just go home, Margot said quietly to Henry. She had never seen him look so bad, and it had only enhanced her guilt over what she had said at the surly swine. She had lain awake for hours thinking of... Okay, so it was a drinking break. She had lain awake for hours thinking over the conversation, realizing that she had been completely blind to Henry's point of view. Oh, that's nice. Her temper only worsened matters, leading to an abrupt end to an evening she originally thought would be delightful. She worried all night that she may have irreparably damaged her relationship. Aw, relationship things. Aw, Henry, on the other hand, appeared to have had a much more difficult night than she had. She held his hand as they walked out of the council chamber silently. The page opened the door as the council continued with deliberations that she ignored. In the hallway, she asked, Do you want to sit down for a while? No, let's just go outside, please, he said. The sun outside was bright, and Margot could see Henry wince in the light. She led him to a stone wall running along the road in front of the temple, and they both sat down. What happened last night? She asked quietly. What happened last night? That was pretty quiet, right? I don't even think the... Did the live studio audience hear that? Do you guys hear that? Okay, well, it was the same as the last line I read. Okay. Ah, I couldn't sleep, so I tried to have a few cocktails to help, but that failed too, Henry said. Yeah. Fearful of the answer, she pushed herself to continue. I mean to us. Oh, God. What happened last night to us? Ugh. Yuck. <laughs> Henry was silently looking at the ground for several seconds, but Margot waited patiently. She could feel tears starting. Oh, but she forced them back. Sometimes when you tar talk, he started, but paused. Henry, I, she tried to say, but he raised a finger. Which one, huh? Just flipping her the bird? <laughs> I just need the words, he explained. Sometimes when you talk, or smile at me, or even just enter a room, my heart feels like it might explode. That's how I feel about you. Oh, that's so nice! <laughs> Margot squeezed his hand and looked at him with hope. Oh, this is like big puppy dog eyes or something. Ugh. You know, I really don't like this. 
Ugh. Hmm. Sometimes isn't even the right word there, Henry continued. It's all the time, Margot. But there are times when I almost feel like you're indifferent to me. Oh, that's sad. She felt her throat constrict as a precursor to all-out crying. When she looked at him, she couldn't bear it any longer. Oh, she wrapped her arms around him, buried her face in his neck, and cried. She was holding a man she, oh God, she didn't quite understand, who didn't care about her reputation, her family, her past, her powers. He only seemed to care about her, yet she found herself pushing him away without meaning to do so. She stayed there for countless minutes. Okay, I mean, I think you could probably count them. Ignoring what she guessed were people walking by. She couldn't be bothered. She finally pulled her face away from his neck and looked at him. Henry probably needed a new shirt at that point, am I right? Ugh. Henry, it's hard for me sometimes, Margot said. I think I hold myself back or something, but I do love you. I really do. I know, Henry said softly, stroking her cheek with the outside of his fingers. <laughs> is that is that normal? Do people do that? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. You need to know that I will absolutely say the wrong thing or make the wrong decision. Probably a lot, she started. Margot, Henry tried to say. But you have my heart, and only you, she said. Oh, not letting him speak. Just remember that, please, whenever these things happen. I don't want to lose you. Oh, this is so sweet. <laughs> oh, the whole studio audience is crying with me. Oh, God. Henry nodded, and they kissed. Ooh, now it's getting sexy. <laughs> Pulling back, Margot laughed and said, Your mouth tastes awful. And that ends chapter 19. As I said, that chapter was mostly just like relationship crap and a meeting. Not exciting. I, I, we're on a good run of no magic in these, uh, you know, episodes. That's what you're looking for in a fantasy novel about magicians is no magic, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was okay. Margot and Henry having some problems, you know. Uh, but, it's, it's you know, it's clear they're truly in love. I feel embarrassed that I wrote this book. <laughs> like, it's a little too, um... Uh, I don't know. It's too mushy, you know what I mean? There are too... Too many feelings in it, I guess? Uh, what are you going to do? I wanted to write like a funny... Uh, you know, I pictured this series as being like a funny, comedic, like, you know, misfit adventure with two magicians that are kind of psychopaths or whatever. Not psychopaths, but just socially inept, maybe. <laughs> whatever. You know, they had problems. But this just comes off as like badly written... Like romance novel stuff. It's ugh, ugh. Have you ever like? Uh, what do I want to say here? Uh, I've fallen into this trap a couple times now. But like, you get a book out of the library. Uh, I'm gonna say like you're looking for like a new. What's a new fantasy novel that came out? And I, what did I read? Oh, uh, it's happened like two times now. But I think one of them was like, isn't that? One of the Harkness novels, isn't that who did it? Like, um, is that a discovery of witches? Oof. You know, I'm like, okay, this sounds exciting. She finds out she's a witch and blah, blah, blah. But it's just, they're romance, they're like a romance novel, but, you know, with vampires and shit like that. I I've read that like a couple times. That's happened two times now where I just randomly chose a book and then I 
probably get about halfway through and I'm like, oh, this isn't for me. <laughs> this was clearly written for somebody else. <laughs> I don't want to be sexist, uh, but it's, you know what I mean. It, it, it's, it has a market and that market is people who like novels about romance, but want to mix it up with werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. The twilight crowd, I guess you'd say, right? But, uh. Yeah, I've done that a couple times now, and it's embarrassing. I want to know why, like, the library keeps suggesting I read fantasy novels that are of that nature, I guess. Yeah, I don't want to read those. I'd like it more, um, a little closer, at least, to, like, a Lord of the Rings. Maybe not so epic, because I get to get on with my day. I don't need to be reading a trilogy with, you know, 700 pages per uh, book. Actually, that one's not even that long, I suppose, but... Hmm. I do like a little, like, um, I've said that before, like in my fantasy novels and stuff, or, you know, sci-fi or anything like that. I like the little love interest subplot or something like that. that that's fun. It's fun. But when it's just about that, that kind of stinks. And that's why this book stinks. <laughs> okay. Why don't we hit some discussion questions, all right? And then I got to edit all these fucking episodes because apparently I have banked two now. All right. All right. So, question one. Henry, uh, he clearly, what do I want to say, got wasted at home by himself last night. Like a true alcoholic, you know? That's good for him. Uh, then he wakes up and has to go to work in the morning, in a manner of speaking. He had to go to a meeting. I mean, I guess he was it was demanded he go to a meeting. Yeah, you ever go to work hungover? I feel like there's going to be a lot of yeses in this, but yeah. Uh, you know, when I had office jobs, uh, let me let me... Clear, clarify this. Like, the lovely Laura is a responsible adult, right? So she won't, like, drink a whole bottle of wine on a Sunday and then go to work the next day, right? But uh, I, when I worked in jobs in an office, you know, when I didn't work from home by myself, for myself, all that crap, you know, why not just go through a bottle of wine? Because, <laughs> I mean, what I don't want to ruin my Saturday or Sunday being hungover. That's my time, right? But Ruining work's time. Now, there's something you can get behind, right? Might as well. I didn't work a lot of jobs where I had meetings. I guess I did at some of my jobs have Monday meetings. Nah, who cares? <laughs> but that was always my stance. My, might as well feel like shit at work. What, what better place to feel like shit? <laughs> I mean, you're already upset you're there and you don't like what you're doing and people are trying to bug you for things and you're dreading having to go to this meeting or file this paperwork or having to, oh my God, God forbid, call somebody. Oh, that was so bad. But uh, yeah, why not be hung over for that? I mean, it already sucks. It's not going to suck more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I've told the story where uh, I think the most screwed up I've been at work was when I took, uh, I had like a, I was stuffy, so I took a decongestant and then went to work, and luckily most people in my office, like my actual physical room, were gone on some business trip, because I was freaking wasted out of my mind on that decongestant. Like, I could not keep my eyes open. It was so bad. And I had set up this elaborate, like, pile of paperwork in front of me so that I could just put my head in my hands and stare at it and fall asleep because it looked like I was reading it. Oh, so bad. Yeah. That's the most messed up I've been at work. Right into the show with your answer, jeffreyjusbuck.com. <laughs> All right. Um, question two. Okay. This is a little bit related, but can you operate successfully on like four hours of sleep? So Henry points out he only got like four hours of sleep. 
Can you get through a full day on only that amount of sleep? Now, I mentioned I had a late night Friday this week. I went to bed around 1.30. I didn't go anywhere, so that made it easier. But um, I did drink almost a whole bottle of wine. <laughs> so, um, And what do I want to say? I still got like, so I went to bed at like 1.30. I'm still getting like six hours. So that's not bad, right? But uh, what's your day like if you only get four hours of sleep? I think I can usually manage it. Um, I feel like the four hours of sleep thing is pretty common with uh, when we have to take like a long road trip to, you know, Massachusetts or something for, for the holidays. If I'm going out to visit family somewhere, you know, or coming home from visiting family somewhere, usually the night before is going to be late. Uh, leaving to come home because everybody wants to stay up with us and, of course, drink more. And then uh, going out the day before, you know, the night before, we usually stay up late because, I don't know, we don't pack. I, I don't know. We usually do seem to stay up late. I think it's more driven by we leave butt-ass early in the morning because it's such a long drive. But So, yeah, that makes it hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's probably like eight cups of coffee during that trip. <laughs> Yeah, it gets bad, but I think I can operate more or less. Yeah. yeah what, what do you think? Can you operate on four hours of sleep? Right into the show. You go over to jeffreadshisbook.com, and right there, there's three ways to contact me. You can hit me up on email at jeff at rainbow-100.com. You can hit me up on mastodon at jeff at toot.rainbow-100.com. If you just go to toot.rainbow-100.com, that's the easiest way to see it. And that's just a website, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's exciting. And then, um, what's the other way? Twitter, we didn't do Twitter yet. You can hit me up on Twitter at Fortran Jeff, all one word. I'm a big nerd, likes computers, so that's why I don't like computers. I guess I like computers. But anyway, uh, that about does it. I got to edit last week's episode, apparently. God damn, I'm behind. But uh, I got to get edit that, get it out. And then maybe I'll put out two this week since I've been so lackluster and trying to maintain a schedule. But uh, next week we'll have a new episode, like a real one. So until next time, keep on reading. Keep on reading.